0: Welcome to the H.U. Pirate Ship Podcast. what's up everybody you can find us at the www.hupirateship.com where we talk about all the pirate stuff that you can find you can find us on all social media platforms you can find this podcast on soundcloud spotify itunes and youtube link and subscribe to get alerts for new episodes it's the beginning of year eight we're pretty much two games into year eight um, year eight for us for um for the pirate ship, and we are on episode seventy. So I'm your host, Hamptonite. Big Reek had to take a day off. You know, he's a you know, we're all family men. So uh I got a special brother with me today. His name's Brendan. He's from the other HU, Howard University. How you doing, brother? I'm doing well. I'll, I'll try
1: not to take issue with the other HU. I'll just, I'll, I'll just, you know, we can just keep, we can just keep on rolling. But nah, thanks for having me on, man. I'm, 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 I'm happy to be able to connect and do this thing.
0: Absolutely, man. We're we're uh we're great. We're glad to have you. B4L, Bison for Life. I don't know if you know him, but he's uh he, he really listens to your 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 platform. He put us in touch with you and you know B4L's always been, you know, our brother bison, you know. Um, and you know, we've traded some barbs for the for a long time. So he put us on to you and it's been it's been great to have you on. So. Absolutely,
1: yeah. Like, uh, uh, he he was one of the like, you know, I'm I'm not new to the HCU space, but I'm new to being as you know, I, I joined uh, Bison Express as content curator. It's been about a year now. I probably should know exactly how long it's been, but but it's been yeah. about a year now, and yeah. uh, just kind of like really immersing myself in in HCU football. Like, this is gonna be my first time to like really get a chance to because everything was kind of moving so quickly when I when I first moved up here to like really kind of get into it. Uh, and so this has been really really great like just finding like kind of a new twitter community to like really you know it's, it's, it's look i love i love i love sports man i love talking to john yeah. i love like yeah. i love all of this you know what i mean yeah. I, you know and i've always loved howard uh, yeah. um and so being able to combine my love of sports with my my love of howard has been a, has been a really fun eye-opening experience
0: absolutely man absolutely and i definitely get that passion so um on this episode we're going to discuss the state of hbcu football whether it's the swag the meack the CAA, that's for Hampton, the Big South, C-I-A-A, and the SAC. We're also going to talk about FAMU, you know, FAMU, you know, what they got going on down there, and the a and I mean, I would call it the collapse, but, you know, to me, it, it feels like, you know, it's the – the Sam, what, what's the name of the head coach at A&T? Uh, Sam – whoa, Sam Washington. It seems like it's, you know, it's just a farewell tour for him. So – we're also going to um, talk about, you know, the Hampton-Howard rivalry, the real uh, H.U. history, and where both programs are currently headed. So first, let's go ahead and get into a little bit of this uh, this, this uh, HBCU football, the state of HBCU football. I'll leave it off for you. So, you know, me being a Hamptonian, um, I've always been steeped in, you know, HBCU football. You know, I grew up from I'm from Atlanta. I grew up in uh uh, kind of, I would say, SIC, MIAC, and Swat territory. And um, I saw everything where there was uh, the, you know, Swat culture, SIC culture, and, and MIAC culture. That was when Fanny and Bethune Cookman were, you know, I would say rented from the SWAC. And for me, you know, it always felt like, you know, this is the way that it was. And then, you know, just, you know, big bands, you know, families, fish fries, you know, Lao atmosphere, you know, just, It felt more, you know, you know, it was just, you knew it was different because when I would go over to see, uh, my cousins who were like going to university of Minnesota or UGA with university of Georgia, it was totally different. So, but when it came to time for me to go to college, you know, it was my choices, you know, like, like everybody I had, uh, PWI choices, university of Minnesota, you know, they really wanted me, um uh university of uh vermont you know that type of stuff and then i'm just trying to i'm trying to (laughs) like the
1: difference in yeah i'm either (laughs) going to university of minnesota or i'm gonna go to hampton like that's those are two two very
0: different (laughs) schools yeah (laughs) and you know just the wild part they really wanted a brother man so but yeah but i chose hampton and i remembered going to hampton and i felt like it was like like diet HBCU, you know uh, HBCU light, you know. I've always felt that going above the state of Virginia and HBCU, the HBC HBCU sphere, you don't get like that level of you get a different level of HBCU love. Whereas I felt like you got it further down south.
1: Hmm. That's it, and now so. I've
0: never heard. Well, so like I, my both my parents went to HBCUs
1: too. My mother actually yeah. went to Hampton, and my yeah. dad went to Ant. Yeah. Um, and so like, I grew up going to Aggie Eagle games. I grew up yep. on, you know, going to, to Hampton's campus. So I didn't really, I didn't even finish applying to any for real. It was never like, that was never even really on my, on my radar. I knew cause I had grown up on those campuses Sure, and it sure. just feels different. Right. Like I go on UNC's yeah. campus, I go on state's yeah. campus, I go on yeah. Duke's yeah. campus, but it, it, it ain't, it ain't, it ain't the same. Uh, so it's interesting that, that, that you yeah. would distinguish between like the Southern agency, I guess Hampton's yeah. to the South, but like, Every you know, Virginia on down, and and as opposed to as opposed to, I never felt that. But like I, you know, you were from Atlanta, so you guys are also a hotbed of uh, of of HBCUs as well. So that's that's interesting.
0: Yeah, and we saw a lot of the HBCUs come in, whether it was a battle of the bands or the the hundred at Atlanta Classic, which was always Tennessee State and FAMU, and then they had a Heritage Ball back in those days. So you know, we saw a lot of everything, but. I think during those times um, it's like, you know, the band, the bands were different. Whereas, you know, you could kind of see the difference between, you know, uh, I would say Southern Jackson state and, you know, the swag bands as compared to the MEAC bands above, you know, like that North Carolina, like, you know, Hampton, Howard, Morgan too. But, you know, I just say it was just a d- different style of HBCU. And, you know, I come to love it. Now, Moving over to the state of the HBCU football, you know, it's like I think a lot of the times today that, you know, Jackson State just dominates the headlines, you know, right. Dion, you know, I mean, you got to give him his props. Yeah. But let me ask you this, though. What was your thoughts when, you know, when they first made that hire with Sanders?
1: Uh, so I've been reading a lot about uh, Dion and he, and at the time, I think the Florida State job was open um, and it was, a, I think he was trying to figure out how he was going to move because I think he had just finished his degree. I'm not sure where he finished it. I'm yeah. not sure if Yeah. 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 Um, and so, like, there there was a thought process that you needed, you ha- he had to have a degree in order to get that Florida State job. And so, like, hey, we're going to, he's going to, uh, he's going to go to Florida State. That doesn't happen. And so, the next thing we hear about him is him at Jackson State. My thinking was, like, hey, this is going to be you know, a stepping stone sort of situation for him. That he's going to go from Jackson State, uh head coach Jackson State, probably to a position coach at Florida State, and then see what happens. Uh, mm-hmm. Because we don't, you know, I'm, by we, I mean, black black people don't usually get those <laughs> highly coveted jobs, even though Florida State yeah. hasn't been what it once was under yeah. Bowden, obviously. Uh Usually, you, you're not getting one of those jobs, and you're certainly not going to without, like, a lengthy resume. And for so, sure. my think he was, even with as much as he's done in football as a player, he didn't have that as a coach. And so – I thought, okay, he'd be there for a little bit, and then he'll he'll go be a defensive back coach or go be a defensive coordinator, and kind of like move on from there. What yeah. I what has been a pleasant surprise for me is whether or not he moves on from there, I don't know. Sure, but he really does seem invested and all in in a way that I wasn't yeah. sure that he was going yeah. to be. Uh, and mm-hmm. that's been a pleasant surprise. Moving his son there, uh, yeah. uh, you know, he's constantly in the news talking about. Hey, uh, uh, even the small stuff, like let's get the names on the back of the jerseys. You know, mm-hmm. what I mean, like stuff mm-hmm. like that is 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 can seem small or, or or like getting caught in the minutia. But it really, the devil's in mm-hmm. the details. Like, yes. no, that's you know, I and that shows you that he really does care about the state of the program, regardless of whatever is going to happen with him moving on mm-hmm. in the future. And so mm-hmm. that's what has been. I've enjoyed maybe the most out of anything, and then secondly, yeah. him talking about uh, the most recent thing when he was talking about um, Alabama, right? Where really? he's like, "Hey, our skill position guys aren't that dissimilar. Uh, mm-hmm. The problem is up front and on the line, and I'm not going to put my players in a position to get throttled like that uh, before before they're ready, and you know, break the spear, maybe get some guys hurt and stuff like that. That's mm-hmm. That's to me shows that that's again wanting to build something bigger um, than just anything that that goes on in in, in a short tenure. So, I mean, big mm-hmm. ups to him. He's he's getting a lot of spotlight to mm-hmm. to, to the swag, and I don't I don't mm-hmm. have a problem with it. You know, what I mean, I, I sure. know it can be a little frustrating if you're at another HBCU and you feel like everybody's not getting that same burn. But like, mm-hmm. eh, eh, you're you're not good enough to get that burn. Like, you know, what I mean, like mm-hmm. that's that's the truth of the matter. This is like, a yeah. you know we're talking about sports. And Mm -hmm. so if you don't, if you're not performing on the field capable, Mm -hmm. like when, when, when uh, JSU was on national television, they stomped out family, right? Like they handled their business. Well, yeah. So now I'm going to talk about them because Hey, Sanders goes 14 of his first 14, two touchdowns and Mm -hmm. it's showing up and showing out. They're Mm -hmm. going to get talked about more. And, 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 and and so like, I can always side out a little bit with people and like, yeah, I understand you you feel like you know, people just now start tuning in, but that's what ultimately yeah. you want, right? You want people yeah. tuning in that weren't before. And Dion's done that.
0: A great point. Absolutely, absolutely. And I know we definitely have felt those side eyes from all these new YouTube channels that come up. You know, it kind of reminded me of what Drake said. You wasn't with me shooting in the gym, you know? Yeah. And my thing is, I think when we first saw Sanders come, it me personally and me and Reek, Reek too. Uh we kind of looked at Sanders as a charlatan almost, you know, oh. like the pie the pie piper coming in, you know. It felt like um to me, honestly, it's like the you know, I'm from Atlanta, so I seen Dion right. when he was here, you know. I saw the curls, I saw I saw prime time. So I, you know, coming from I would say, you know, the conservative background, you know, it's kind of like, oh Lord. You know, it's like, oh, man, you know, how this, how would he mix, you know, within that mm-hmm. HBCU football academia atmosphere, you know? Like, how would he fit in at Howard and, and Hampton, you know? It, it would be – I could just see a lot of, you know, ruffled feathers then. But, but this is what I noticed. It's like he – You know, just the little things like you said, you know, putting the uniforms back on the jerseys. And what he just said um, last a couple days ago about these beatdown games, we should get paid more for these beatdown games. You know, he didn't want to sacrifice, you know, his young men, you know, for that paycheck. You know, these are the hard truths that we always say in, you know, quietly in our circles. And, you know, that's what I appreciate. But at the same time, sometimes, you know, it's just like, I think, you know, like what Big Mama says, you know, you air in our d- dirty laundry, you know, it's like, I think when he came in, you know, he was saying a few things about Jackson State, not in a negative light, but it was more like sometimes certain truths don't got to be out there in the public. And a lot of us kind of cringed at it, but I see what he, I see his method and it's more like, okay, I got it. You basically putting the spotlight on it so people could come in and help. And it wasn't just about Jackson State because you see Gramlins now. Uh, you know, I saw what, you know, they just beat uh, Hugh Jackson. Um, Hugh Jackson just beat Northwestern State. You know, FAMU, honestly, you know, even though we're going to talk about them um, later, you know, Willie, uh, you know, Willie's up there. You know, he's done a phenomenal job. I know this year just hasn't worked out for him, but right. other programs you could see benefiting, you know, definitely from him. And so pivoting over, you know, to, um to the MIAC, you know, it's just like I always felt like the MIAC now with the loss of FAMU and Bethune and Hampton and now AT, you know, it's still quietly plugging along. You know, you still got the Star Wars with uh, Buddy Pugh and the new coach coming out of um, um coming up from Bowie to Morgan, you know, he's definitely a star. So I always felt that MIAC is now, MIAC is still going to be, it's going to survive, basically. But I just feel like it is, it still doesn't get the shine that SWAT gets.
1: Oh no, I I definitely think that it doesn't. I mean, but part of it is, you know, it, it's hard to get shine when you're leaking teams, man. Like and <laughs> <Fadone, laughs> Fam and Hampton yeah. and AT. I mean, yeah. those are those are just teams at the in the yeah. at the in the me These are, you know, once Hampton leaves, once AT leaves, like, yeah. once family is like, damn, bro. Like this is these are major, you know, these are some of the first names you're gonna rattle off when you're talking about the MIAC.
0: And hold on, I hate to interrupt, yeah. mm-hmm. and you guys too, because you know you def- guys are definitely rumored to come with us at yeah. CAA. And to be honest, I think they wanted you guys more than they wanted us. But go ahead. No, I mean, look, there,
1: there was definitely those reports that were coming out. Um, you know, there's, there's looking like there's going to be a change in our president situation. I don't know if that affected uh, people's willingness or, 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 uh, or hesitancy to change uh, from from the conference too. The other part is that it just means a lot. More the MEAC Miak swag, all the HBCU conferences. When we lose somebody, it hurts more mm-hmm. um, than then you know. Yeah, Pac twelve. You know they lose UCLA, yeah. and it sucks. But like the our HBCUs were formed. HBCUs were formed because yeah. they didn't want us over there, so we needed to yeah. build it and get it out the out, out the mud ourselves. Yeah, you know that, what that, I mean? That, and so yeah. like, and so uh, that's a special culture that mm-hmm. that PWIs mm-hmm. will never have. Yeah. And so that's that's I think that's what makes it more difficult. I was I was watching yeah. the t game with my dad.
0: Yeah,
1: uh, and he was just disappointed. He was like, you know, I knew we shouldn't have left the Mia. And, and to be honest, I'm not sure if, you know their disappointment this year has anything to do with them leaving the Miag. You know, I don't I don't think they've been gone long enough to really see the results on the field. But sure. there is that sort of man, why did we leave this situation so that we could be last place? In another conference, once AT leaves, you know it kind of marks. You know, I, I think they were the third or fourth team to leave at that point mm-hmm. in the a, in the last two or three years, and so it just doesn't look the same. And so I think there mm-hmm. really does have to be a lot. Of, I mean, there are six MEAC teams that are mm-hmm. field football teams right now. There has mm-hmm. to be a conversation about how how we're going to continue as a as, as a as a conference because that's that's not really enough teams to to. Ultimately, what we're talking about is, like, selling these these media rights and, and, and trying to come up with something. I know the Griot purchased the rights to, to swag. Uh Bryce, what was his name? Bryce Allen, I believe.
0: Yeah, Byron uh, Allen. Byron Allen,
1: sorry. Yeah, yeah, Byron Allen. And, like, you know what kind of media mogul he is. And so he's going to bring a, a level of uh, continuity, I think, to the coverage. Mm-hmm. So far, it's kind of felt all over the place. It's hard to do, hey, I, I want to watch Hampton, but I got to get a CAA. Uh, yeah. uh media package oh, I want to <laughs> watch uh ANT I want to watch this team yeah. well I'm not going to buy five packages right like I'm I yeah. I, I'll, I will buy more than the regular person cuz I want to see these games so badly and because that's part of what we do but like I mean the regular person you're you're pricing them out right like no one's going to pay $60 right. just to watch HBCU football like there's other things that people are going to want to spend money on um and so it's it's if you don't have one place where and and it's not just the money Mm-hmm. i need one place to go to get my to get my agency sports like that's sure. just you know hopefully within the next two or three years that's something that that everyone can kind of get on board with and have some some sort of you know a come to jesus moment by hey let's all get on one package now it's gonna be hard with everybody in different conferences that yeah that that, yeah. that changes that conversation completely but it would be helpful just to be able to sit down and like hey I'm going to go to this, you know, HBCU, I think HBCU plus was is a thing that that's kind of gotten floated around recently. I'd like mm-hmm. to be able to go to one app, even if it's, mm-hmm. even if I'm still paying a good amount of money, I want to pay mm-hmm. one, one provider, one streaming service. Yeah. So I can do that because HBCU football isn't just competing with others, other HBCU football, it's, uh, other mm-hmm. HBCU sports is competing with uh, other sports in general, professional sports, collegiate sports. Uh, there's just other things that people are going to want to do with that disposable income. And, and, That would really, really help, I think, in terms of getting visibility, in terms of how we consume the game as well. Mm -hmm. You can tell a difference about commentators who have been uh, uh, tracking these teams and these Mm -hmm. players for months, weeks, yeah. years, yeah. and like the more yeah. comfortable they get with, a hey, this is a guy's tendency, this is a this is a woman's tendency or how she, how she plays and how like those things matter. And, and and as media people, I'm sure we pick it up a lot more than other people do. Mm-hmm. But that all comes to like the professionalism that's brought and not mm-hmm. that the people have done a poor job. I thought mm-hmm. uh, Weiss did a really good job on, 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 mm-hmm. on their coverage um mm-hmm. they like I've, they, I've seen a lot of really good i'm gonna shout out to howard <laughs> alum but like i've seen a lot of really good coverage of it yeah. like, wouldn't it be yeah. great for these for these people that that are commentators be able to have hey you know we'll be back next week uh when, when we're covering this sort of thing like i think that would be dope like but those yeah. are things that only happen if you get on the same accord and yeah. that's really really tough with everybody being at a different conference
0: good okay, absolutely and um and this is the, and this is just to kind of piggyback off of that. It's like we have this receiver called named Jadakiss Bonds. You know, Jadakiss Bonds. Dude is like he's pro, he's projected to be drafted. He's a HBC number one player, like preseason player. He's a CAA first team preseason all player, and you should hear the announcers. You know, because it's every week, it's a different announcer. It's Jadakis Bonds. <laughs> it's like every black person no, it was jay duck kiss you know he, he's 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 a top 10 rapper you know yeah. but what whatever but you know great points there let me ask you this though and we'll and we'll we'll, we'll move on to the next one but um with you know like with hampton AT, fam you and bethune leaving the Miac, does it feel that you know that I mean, because it's levels of ambition. It's like, does did you feel like those programs that, that the MEAC wasn't ambitious enough to keep them? Whereas it feels like the SWAC programs are ambition. They have ambition, but I, I still feel that a lot of the programs in the SWAC kind of have this, where are you going to go? You know, you want to you go to a, a Southern conference? You really want to go out there? No, nah, you're going to stay here. So like with Hampton and A&T, FAMU and Bethune leaving, you know, does it feel that, you know, I always felt like the MIAC used to be progressive years ago, but now it just doesn't feel that way. What do you think? Well, for a famine, Bethune,
1: I know travel costs were a really yeah. large part of it. You yeah. know what I mean? Like they're the two southern – well, they were the two most southern, most members yeah. of the MIAC, and they're hopping on a plane every single week uh, to go play these games, not just during football season, but basketball season too and, and, and a whole bunch of other sports. And that is extremely expensive. So not only are you leaving to go to – to, to a place that might have a better media deal, you're also going to start reducing some of those costs. So that made a lot of sense when they left. You know what I mean? Now, did, Hampton had talked a little bit about the cost of transportation too, as they're a little bit more northern. Uh, so I thought with with maybe Fam and Bethune getting out, maybe Hampton would stay, but that all happened within, the you know, a, a few months of one another really. Uh, so I, I think it was just, opportunity right it was just it was just strictly the opportunity of of hey we can reduce our costs. because keep in mind it's not just about the football teams with us right with the you know we're talking about for-profit revenue generating sports mm-hmm. and basketball and football men's basketball and football are generally stocked to be the only ones i think golf i think for howard is as well but mm-hmm. that means they have to cover all the rest of those sports that aren't going to generate that revenue and so those are you know it can't just be a decision about football this is it's always yeah. viewed in the decision in the prism of hey, what football team? What football team? What football team? And yes, the football team is the biggest designator of where these where these schools are going. And you see that not in just the HBCUs but PWIs as well. Right. But it's but but it's 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 also important for, for the decision makers for them then to recognize hey, we got to cover you know gymnastics. Or we got to cover women's <laughs> uh, basketball or whatever yeah. or whatever the case yeah. may be. We have to cover these other sports. And so it, it can't just be about what's in the best interest of the football team; it's sure. got to be about everybody else. So, and that's an extra additional pressure that that uh, that athletic directors and, and, and stuff like that have to have to make decisions regarding.
0: Now, sp- staying on that fan issues, you know, um, we recently they basically just had a serious issue which went national about about their um, compliance issues, you know? And this always is happening at FAMU because I remember the Billy Joe era, you know, all of this seems to be happening at FAMU where I've always felt that FAMU had Ruth Chris appetite with McDonald's money, you know? And I hate to be that way, but certain thi- certain things, you know, happens like this and you're just wondering why fam you you cannot be building all of these dormitories and talking about all of these brand new structures on Bragg memorial when you're having these financial issues what do you think it would it, it's weird because i wasn't sure
1: if this was a a financial issue so much as just just a pure infrastructure where yeah, yeah. i mean we've, we've had, Gone to HSUs. and know sometimes people can kind of drag their feet on some of these hiring and stuff. And and look, it might be all motivated by money. I don't. I don't know Use finances well enough to talk about that. But not having an athletic director like yeah. that's not that's not something you can con- just continuously put off. Absolutely. Uh, not only having one compliance officer, like, come on, you know what I mean? Like this is some of this stuff was very obviously going to happen, right? Like mm-hmm. if you don't have these people in place that are there. In order to make sure that everybody's compliant and stuff like that, and then there's a conversation to be had about them not taking transfer credits, which is mm-hmm. a real difficult proposition now with the portal yeah. being what it is. Like, if you're not taking credits from other schools, you have mm-hmm. to be at least on it with your compliance. If you're not yeah. taking the joint and you don't, and you have a bereft compliance department. Man, you mm-hmm. you were they they were kind of asking for this to happen, and, and yeah. it's, unfortunately, it happened on a really really big stage. I yeah. thought they did a relatively good job of playing UNC. In in, yeah. in all honesty, yeah. you know, I mean, yeah. like they 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 missed out on Lance; he was out of that game. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it was it ended up being fifteen to twenty guys yeah. that missed that game, which is an insane number mm-hmm. of of, uh, of of people to miss on a football team that will severely limit your depth. They at least sure. didn't go out there and get embarrassed. You know, what I mean, and yeah. I never want to see that happen to us, particularly yeah. in football, because that is yeah. such a violent sport. You can't yeah. really like some stuff you can't really rock away. And so, like, the idea yeah. of them not playing was huge, you know, uh, huge yeah. news. And then, it you know, sure. it, it filters over into a large group of people who that otherwise do not cover HCU sports. Ab- and so, absolutely. yeah, it, it does also kind of look bad as well. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, yeah. it looks like you're just you're just look like their house wasn't in order. And yeah. it, that's a, that's a tough spot. I mean, I'm sure people within that community were aware of it, but for it to be on ESPN, you know, you got people trying to track the plane and whether or not it's actually going to leave. Like yeah. you got that, You like it turned up a yeah. little bit towards the end yeah. of that and it, and it yeah. looked, and it looked really, really rough. Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, and no, no. You're absolutely right. And you know, just going, just watching it, it just felt like, you know, it felt like some of the morale kind of, you know, seeped out of the program because just watching them, you know, play Jackson State, it just seemed that, you know, okay, they got to figure out Willie Simmons got to figure out a way to turn the ship around. Now, let's quickly go over to A and T. You know, they're having their, and this is supposed to be the year, and. We've watched them, you know, not be competitive in the past, the previous games. You know, they had, they lost the Aggie Eagle, you know, classic. And I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't expected, but you know, where do we see, you know, A&T, you know, going forward?
1: I don't know, man. There's so much upheaval yeah. with the, the the program overall. It's it's really, really difficult to try to figure out like, hey, are you, are you guys staying? Are you leaving? Like what what, because what does that do to your recruiting? You know what I mean? Like recruits want to know where where you're going to yeah. be playing, who, in front of whom you'll be playing. And so that makes it, you know, any questions about the future of the program yeah. make it more difficult. Then you add to that the expectations of what this season was supposed to be and so far the disappointment. Yeah. This is like he, uh, you know, it's very. I'm trying not to be the, the the pessimist that I naturally am when I'm watching these things. To think, oh man, this could really kind of fall off a cliff somewhere, because yeah. uh, the last thing you'd want to see if you're an anti fan is guys start decommitting and so yeah. people start really realizing, like, hey, maybe. Maybe these things aren't as aren't as clear cut, you know, that that sort of thing. And people and transfer portals and stuff, like things can change so rapidly in college sports now. Like the transfer portal especially has changed up what is meant to re- recruit so much to the sure. point that like if you're reading about how many guys you know are coming back for a football team, you gotta kinda like pause and like wait on, it. like, yeah, they might have eligibility left, but are they actually coming back? All that stuff really matters in in terms of the the you're gonna put on the field. I'm trying not to be pessimistic. It's a, it's yeah. we're still early in the season, which is something yeah. that I've, I've had to remind Howard fans about so far. up zero three. But like, it's still early yeah. in the season. You can turn it around. But it is. It looks with the combination of having changed conferences and then being and having a disappointing season. It's a real like it's kind of a perfect storm of like, oh man, I'm sure that the fans are. Uh, are, are feeling a certain way and I'm sure that the 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 alumni is letting letting the uh letting the, the university know.
0: Yeah, and you know they haven't you know gotten into the big south schedule yet. Right. So they still have plenty of time, you know. They you know they got the Robert Morris's the Bryants you know the um uh the Campbells you know coming in and you know, uh, I forgot the other one that's out there. It's out Gardner Webb. So they, yeah. you know, they definitely have enough time to uh, to get the ship right. So let's go over to, you know, let's talk about, you know, what most people want to hear is talk about the Hampton Howard rivalry. <laughs> you know, to be honest, man, you know, I think a lot of the times it always gets overshadowed by, you know, by all the other big rivalries: FAMU, Tennessee State, Grambling, Southern. You know. Jackson State, Alcorn State, you know, and Morehouse, Howard, too, you know, all of these other huge Tennessee State fan family. And, you know, it's like, to me, honestly, I think it's one of the oldest rivalries, you know, HBCU rivalries, football rivalries. You know, we've played this game for well over 100 years. And, you know, it's just that, I mean, yeah, okay, we don't have any uh, Hall of Fame players in there. But, you know, I always felt that, I will say it like this, in the workplace, the vitriol aimed at both of these programs, whether outside of football is hard. Like my colleagues who are doctors and I work with professors and it's like, it turns into like almost a mental chess match, you know, how we could get each other. So, I mean, and it, and then I think with football, you know, it's the same way. What do you think? Uh, I think that,
1: I think there's a lot of, hype around our, our particular rivalries, but I think it's maybe it doesn't get it doesn't translate to the rest of the country as much as some of those other teams you mentioned because the 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 more visible sports, mostly football and a little bit basketball, we uh men's basketball I should say, because women just won the the MIA, So shout out uh shout out to coach Ty. But um I think that because the the men's basketball program and football programs haven't been as good for us. Recently, I think that there is kind of less, there are fewer eyes on it. Generally speaking, for us, for Hampton Howard, yes, it's always going to be a thing. You know, me and my brother talked about. I was texting uh, about well, with him about it today, like just nonsense, right? Like complete nonsense. But like,
0: sure.
1: I think also because we haven't had that sort of the and for our football team, especially, really haven't had that sort of like breakout. Oh my gosh, it's a great season for us. There was the one big win that we had recently versus UNLV. That was about two or three years ago now um, with uh, Cam News' little brother. But, like, mm-hmm. we really haven't made any noise on that on that front in a while. Hampton has been yeah. slightly better, I think, on on football, but even that hasn't been, uh, you know, hasn't been yeah. overall great or anything like that. Yeah. So when you talk start talking about all those other rivalries, I think there is a certain amount of regional, uh, regional thing that ha- happens with Hampton and Howard. Now, are we, like, more – like for for like academics and all this other stuff, and mm. there's probably some cultural stuff about how you know Hampton mm. and Howard they think that they're probably better than so. I know you probably yeah. heard that too, and, and uh. I don't think there's really a lot to that, but mm. there is that sort of stigma that surrounds. Mm our schools sure. uh so i think a lot of people just like might look at it from the outside in and be like man forget mm-hmm. both of them there's a lot of yeah there's a yeah. Uh, whatever shade is is directed towards howard from from outside of hcu or from from outside of our two schools it usually
0: gets directed to hampton too absolutely well brother we got less than a minute so i have not upgraded on my zoom uh, i feel that uh, but normally uh our, my it's on my co-host account but um uh, you know what? Thank you. We, we're definitely gonna do this again, my brother. This is absolutely dope. you're you know, this was awesome. So, um we um this is Hampton signing out with my brother Brendan, and we will definitely be doing this in the near future. Go to go to YouTube, Bison Express.
1: You can catch all the episodes that we got there bisonexpress.org. Uh you can catch all the written stuff as well.
0: Absolutely. All right, my brother. Thank you. Okay. Take it easy, man. All right.